If you have your Bibles with you, uh, turn to Matthew chapter number 4. Uh, we're going to be reading the first uh, maybe 11 verses, Brother Chris. Uh, uh, and, uh, and the title of tonight's message is simply this, Temptation. Uh, and we're going to uh, we're going to explore this just a little bit and just see exactly how temptation plays a major force in our everyday lives today. More so today than it used to in years past. Uh, it seems like and more tomorrow than it is going to be today. So we're going to be looking at this this, morning, this afternoon and read this. If you would stand in reading a reference of God's word, we will get through these first uh, eleven verses. If you're able, if not. Lord understands that. Just stay seated. So in the fourth chapter of the book of Matthew, uh, Matthew writes this. He says, Then was Jesus led up to the Spirit and to the wilderness to, to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted forty days and forty nights, he was afterward and hungered. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God, command these stones to be made bread. But he answered and said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up into the holy city and, and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If thou be the Son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. And Jesus said to the old devil, he said, It is written again, that thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And again the devil taketh him up into exceeding high, high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And saith unto him, All these things will I give thee if thou wilt fall down and worship me. Then saith Jesus unto him, Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thy serve. Then the devil leaveth him, and behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Father, God in heaven, we thank you so much for the reading of your scripture and your holy word. I pray that we could take it and, and apply it to our lives here this evening, Lord, that we could just uh, uplift the name of Jesus in all that we do. In Christ Jesus' name we pray, and amen. You may be seated. The old devil was trying to tempt Jesus. Uh, and we talked about this morning, and we as God's people sort of look at today's times, or, or maybe the New Testament times, if you would, that that's when Satan come onto the scene. And we all know that's not true. We talked about this morning when he was there around day two or three, when, when he created Adam and Eve, and, 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 and the devil tempted them to go into the garden and eat from the tree that God commanded them not to. See, Satan was already on the scene then. So it's just not happened here in the last day or two uh, that Satan has come on the scene. Uh, but it seems like today uh, in our world, it uh, seems like Satan is more abundant or he's everywhere we turn our heads or we look. Uh, everywhere we go, uh, everything that we listen to, uh, everything that we see anymore, uh, it is awful what we're visioning and seeing out here in this old lost and dying world today. Listen, temptation is a mighty big thing that's playing a mighty big force in today's world. 
And it might, might be something, to, uh, and it's as simple as this. Uh, I tell you what, let's not go to church this morning, Brother Clarence. Oh, yeah. Hey, you don't want to go to church this morning? Well, I, I tell you what, let's don't go to church this morning. Uh, it won't be no big deal. Keith won't mind. Uh, well, let me tell you something. You're right. I won't mind. It will turn me up if you don't come to church this morning. Because, like I said this morning, the church needs us. He needs us to be here in these pews. He needs us to be worshiping the name of Jesus in all that we do. And he knows that when we're tempted by those Satan not to do something, knowing that Christ would have you to do that, it is a shame that we put God second best in the way that we live our lives here today. We're doing that. Brother Dean, we do it all the time. When I say we, we be in the church. And I, not this church, but all the churches. We're putting God second best in everything that we do. We, and, and, that is, and it's not our will to do that. God deserves to be number one in everything in your life. Everything. It needs to be God, family, and church. Well, it needs to go down. God would have it no other way. But sometimes we get messed up. And, and, and now in today's uh, uh, line of uh, numerization it would be, God ain't even in the top three. He's on down around six or seven. Right. And it shouldn't be that way. God deserves to be number one in our lives and everything that we do. Let me tell you something. Uh, uh, he, he paid a mighty huge price for us to be here this morning. He, he paid a mighty huge price for us to be here again this afternoon. He paid the price not only that he gave his son to go to the cross to, to, for the remission of our sins, but he gave his love for us. God's command is that we love one another. And he knows that there's, there's one thing in this world that, that can break the hearts of the most rigid, and that's kindness and love. If you show somebody a little bit of kindness, Brother Dean, uh, you'll touch their heart in a way. Uh, it amazes me when, when I see somebody get mad and, and you sort of look past it like it ain't no big deal and they think, well, why don't that bother you like it's bothering me? Well, I'll tell you why. Maybe I'm serving a different uh, Savior than you are, amen? Or maybe my God is not the same God as you serve. He wouldn't have us to, to get mad in everything that we do. And sometimes we get mad at things that we watch on TV and I know it's just something temporal and it don't stay with us too long long, but it's something that we still do. And let me tell you something, Satan's got his hand in that. He's right there with us, eating up and devouring everything and every move that we make when we're out of the line of Christ. And that's what Satan's job is. Bible tells us he's like a roaring lion sitting back there waiting to devour everyone that he can. Hell is broadening its horizons every day. His boundaries are, are, are getting bigger and bigger and bigger and, and we live in a lost and dying world and if we don't turn this thing around church, it's going to come to the time when Christ is going to come back and get his church. You know, God's will that I'll come to know him for a free pardon of sin. He wants all of us to, to become righteous in all that we do, to believe in Him and know about Him and give us the option to understand uh, what God has and what, what position He plays in our life. He would want His people to know that because if we're not telling His people that, they're not hearing it. I chose this scripture today because uh, I told you I watched that movie earlier this week about the last temptation of Christ. Uh, and and, and uh, me and Kathy started watching it one night, and we, we, we stopped watching it. But I didn't race it because I knew I had time by myself. I was going to sit and watch it because I just wanted to see. Uh, and, and what it depicts, and I'll give you a brief briefness of this, it shows where Christ was no different than you and I, lived his life in sin before he went up to the mountain and was tempted by Satan. 
So it showed him as a mortal man, a sinner just like us. And then it showed him going through his, 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 his walk with, with Murray Magdalene and everything, was choosing his disciples, this, that, and other. And that was staying part of the course until it came to where he was to go to the cross. And when he got to the cross and when he, was, when he was hanging there on the cross and he was getting close to death, it showed him stepping down from the cross and not going all the way for us. And then it showed where him and Mary Magdalene had got back together and they had got married and she was with child. Now, you heard me say this, and if you'll Google this, uh, those that's smart enough to Google, uh, Google if Christ was ever married, and he'll tell you, yes, he was married to Mary Magdalene, and they had a child. Google will tell you that. I'm not making this up because I, I read these two eyes best I can see. So I was dumbfounded when, when I read that, and then when this movie come out and I seen that, I was just flabbergasted knowing that this is how the world yeah. sees our Lord and Savior. And I just, I just cannot get that, that they, can, they can get that out of Scripture. And they say that, well, there's been different writings that's been found throughout times. And there's theologians and stuff that's, that's found evidence that showed where Murray Magdalene and Christ was married. And they did have a child. And it just goes on and on. I'm sitting there thinking, enough is enough. Yeah. Let me tell you something. We can't get God's creation to believe this word right here. We don't need to be adding no more to it. Uh, let me tell you, we got to get them where they can eat this one uh, because this right here has just got a little bit of savor to it. Uh, we don't have to add a lot of salt to this to get us to, to swallow this uh, because this is the word of God, amen. But there ain't enough salt uh, made in the salt mines of wherever you're going to get it uh, to put on what I just told you uh, to make me believe uh, that God was in that case uh, that he stepped down from the cross uh, and he didn't go all the way for his people. Uh, he didn't do what God had commanded him to do. He didn't do what he was talking about in the Garden of Gethsemane when he was kneeling on his knees praying to God, let this cup pass me by. And he said, where well, his sweat was like drops of blood. It didn't predict that, but what it did do, it shamed the name of Jesus. God forbid them. Whoever had a part in that, Brother Dean, I pray for their souls. Because if you can write something like that, you've got to believe something like that. When years ago, a movie came out, Da Vinci Code. Ray and I talked about this a few weeks ago. It sort of predicted the same thing, if, you, if anybody's seen that, where Tom Hanks starred in it. What were they looking for? Evidence of Jesus. And where he was married. They say anything about child, but where he'd been married in his life. So... This ain't the first time that this has come up. And, and this is something that's going to be introduced to a generations that's going to come after us. <laughs> now let me get this. You ain't going to like the taste of this. <laughs> and today we're not going to have to like the taste of it because like I said, it has no savor to it. But generations after us is going to take hold of this and they're going to run with it. Amen? <laughs> because they've seen that. And they've seen people preach that. And they see that's what Jesus is all about. And, and the Jesus that they supposedly worship and the God that they acknowledge in their life isn't the same one that we acknowledge here tonight right. as our Lord and Savior. Right. That's what our world is coming to. Yeah. And what's getting us to that point? Right. Temptation. Yeah. Temptation. We're, we're tempted on every side. Now, there ain't too many in here that hasn't driven down the interstate and, and has been cut off and hasn't been tempted to go up there and run them out of the road. 
And I got amen from somebody. But because we knew better, we didn't. And see, we stopped it before it became an issue with Satan. And that happens with every day walk of our lives and everything that we do. Listen, if, if we're not doing what God would have his people to do, we're falling short of his glory. We talked about those that has fell to the wayside, those that, that God used in past to, to bless his people and, and to sing and to preach and, and to do whatever he would have them to do, uh, uh, how he blessed them in, in so many ways, but now they've turned their back on Christ and they just don't serve the church no more. Let me tell you something. Them people cannot hide from what's going on in the world today. They're part of it. They're the reason we're going through this. And they're the ones that think they can hide in the mountains just like Elijah thought he could. But I've got news for you. There's no place to hide. No place to hide. Because like I said this morning, God's right here. Right here in your heart. Gene, there's no way you can hide when he's right here. Now, he's, if he's not in your heart, you're never going to get found when it comes to hide and seek. Because he'll never find you. If that's the case, you need to get things straight with the Lord. You need to get your priorities straight. You need to understand that, listen, this is a process that, that God in heaven made for his people. Listen, we're made in God's image. He's happy and proud of, of everybody that's here tonight. We all look different, but we're all the same the eyes of the Lord. We're his creation. He's proud of us, Dean. Grant you, I'm not much. I'm just a poor old sinner saved by the marvelous grace of God. But he's proud of me. He's proud of you, Mama. Even though you got after us in school a lot when we was in school, when we said things to you that we didn't appreciate. But he's proud of you because you was doing what you were supposed to do. And he knew somewhere down the line, Brother Dean, we would appreciate what was being done for us in our lives. And I do today. I appreciate what, what everybody that has invested in my life. This church and all that it means to me. I started my life here as a young child when I attended church here. Lord, save me right back there just about where Hope's sitting at tonight. Uh, Hope don't feel too convicted sitting right there. I've already used all the conviction out of that seat. So you're good to go. So you're in a good spot if you know what I mean. But he's used me. And after a period of time, he brought me back here. But he got me to another place where I could be trained and schooled in the Word of God. And got me under the tutelage of Brother Tim Eaglebarger. And let me tell something. I was a drug child with Brother Tim. He drug me to every church between here in Mississippi. Revivals and everything. But he was teaching me the ways of God. Yeah. Knowing that he was doing what God had him to do. And he knew one day that there would be a time that he would have to let me go just like a child. And he knew that day would come. He didn't like it, but he knew it. But that wasn't his purpose. His purpose was to serve the Lord. And that's what he was doing. And that's what we should be doing in, in, in everything that we do in our life. We need to be serving God in all that we do. Listen, there's every day we can touch the lives of someone that's, right. that's, that's in right. our lives. I read Tracy's, uh, Martha's husband, Tracy, uh, he's driving a truck now. And he's out of town all week long, but I get to keep up on him with social media, seeing that he's here or there, or he's broke down over here, or, or, or something's going on down yonder. Uh, uh, and I know it's hard for Martha Ann to, to see her husband gone in a way, uh, but I'm able to keep up with him. And, 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 and that's what he'd have us to do, because if something was to go wrong, I could reach out to him. And that's what God would have us to do is to reach out to the ones that we love and, and the ones that God's love because, listen, He depends on us. Without our love, His love is nothing. It is us that applies His love to His people. Yeah. 
It's us. Our kindness that we can show our fellow man, Brother Ray, uh, cannot be uh, added up in no way, shape, form, or fashion that could exceed what God could do for us. Kindness will take you a long way. Let me tell you something. You can melt the heart of 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 an angry man with kindness than you can with anything else. Sort of like the cliche, you can catch more flies with honey than you can with vinegar. Of course, it's what you put in the vinegar. Now, now we've got something right here in the old drawer that but he'll catch you flies, if you know what I mean. Uh, and we pop that out every once in a while, and it ain't moonshine or nothing like that. And sometimes our people get sick. Yeah. And we like to ring out the old casserole. Yeah. Hallelujah. What a blessing it is to know that just a side of that bottle will cure you. Amen. Yeah, it will. And that's all it takes. Well, that's no different than God's Word. If we'll just look at God's Word in our everyday walk of life, it'll cure us. Let grant you, you're going to might still have your problems, but you'll be able to deal with them a little bit better. God's got this, and He knows what you're going through. And what you're going through isn't anything that He's not seen before. Yes, we know there's people that's lost loved ones in their lives. Me, you, everybody else that's in this church here tonight has lost somebody as close to them. And God knows what we're going through but the God in the valley is still a God on the mountain amen and he'll be there with us in our hard times but praise God when the good times are rolling he's right there with us too celebrating what we've accomplished in our lives and when God's our force praise God who can be against us get thee behind me Satan I don't know you that, that was my mom's favorite passage of scripture. Uh, uh, she'd say that all the time. Get behind thee, Satan. And I'd look behind her and I'd think, you just don't know about mom now. God's happy with his people. He's happy for what sows here tonight. He, he loves us unconditionally. Don't ask nothing from us but, but to worship his son. Use him as our intercessor to talk to him. That's all he asks from us. To be kind and gentle and love one another. Love thy neighbor. Love thy enemy. Oh, that's a hard one. Love thy neighbor. Ronnie, I know you've had a bunch of them. It's been hard over the past few years. We've all had them. But you can if you try. I am a living testimony of that. You can love your neighbor if you apply that love toward them. Because like I told you, kindness and love will strike down the hardest heart that you'll ever find. It says right here, when Satan tempted Christ, that he told him to make that stone into bread. I don't even know why he went there, Brother D, knowing good and well that, that, that he could turn him stones into bread if he wanted to. That didn't have anything to do with, with, with Christ being hungry after 40 days of fasting. What it had to do was, would he do what Satan required him to do? And God would not fall for that. His son would not fall for the temptation that the old devil's putting his way. And then he said, listen, if, if, if devil, if you'll take up the holy city and set it on the pinnacle of the temple, and God said that, that listen, it's written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And that's exactly what Satan was doing. Sound familiar in our own lives? He tempts us sometimes. Our world today has become a, World of temptation of some sort of fashion. Some way we have endured the last two years of, of, of sickness in our country, world. I guess world. God's got to sue it. Some not so. But if those that didn't make it 
knew him from free pardon of sin, they were born again. Born again. You know, there's something special about that name Jesus. Because that name Jesus not only can save your soul, he can allow you to be reborn more time. And that's his promise to us. Listen, the Bible says this. Humble yourselves. Do you know how hard it is to humble yourselves? I guess when you've eaten crow all your life, it's hard to get that old taste out of your mouth. But he can, he can humble the hardest of hearts. That's right. I've seen people come to the altar at the last 17 years of being back in church that they would just pour their heart and soul out, confessing that what they'd done in their lives, and they were begging for, for Jesus to forgive them. And before they got to the altar, yeah. he, he had done forgave oh, them. Yeah. Right. <laughs> he had, Mamma, but he wanted to hear him com- confess his sins. And that's what, he, that's what he had from his people. Confess your sins. Be reborn. Oh, let me tell you something. That's what Christ wants from his people, to acknowledge that we are sinners saved by the marvelous grace of God. Yeah. And we fall short of his glory every day. But praise be unto Jesus. He's given us a Savior to get out of it. Jesus. Jesus. What a name. There's nothing like my Savior, Jesus. I want to thank God for these blessings this week. And I want to finish this out with the 11th verse. And this is a good part of this whole scripture that I've read. It says, Then the devil leaveth him. And behold, angels came and ministered unto him. Imagine what it would be like if you would shun Satan, how the angels would come and minister to us and be their force in our time of need. Resist the devil and flee from him, and he'll flee from him. But we've got to do that first. We have got to acknowledge, hey, Satan is part of our life. And he, he can control our lives if we allow it. But God has given us a way out. That's Jesus.